Welcome to episode 158 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? Uh, JP, it's a it's a it's a weird day. I think we're all kind of in a spot of we don't have any sports right now. Um, you and I have been like I don't, I don't want to make light of any of this. This is a very serious deal. I think we all are aware of that right now. I don't want to sit here and get into serious conversations about the coronavirus. I do think that uh, I think right now now it's just. You know, we've got to figure out what to do as, as people who talk about and cover sports. Uh, so we're probably going to have some shows coming up that aren't as sports-centric. But before that happens, um, I, I, I don't mean to fangirl, but I'm going to for a moment and say I think we got the biggest guest that we've had on the show yet. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. I, I, I was honestly like shaking a little bit as we were talking to this guy because oh yeah me too man I, I was <laughs> i was trying to not like have my voice break and stutter like i'm an idiot uh but wow uh we're, we're recording this after we got done with the interview we know this is the intro whatever but philip and i just got off the phone uh with oklahoma state men's basketball coach mike boynton and he talked about uh we talked about with him the season that you know abruptly ended after a win that doesn't lead anywhere else the effects of that um the re- recruiting and possibly getting you know the possibility of getting guys an opportunity uh, for another crack at it if they want for their senior season expectations for next year i mean there there was so much and he gave us way way more time than we deserved but uh we can't thank him enough that was absolutely incredible yeah, you know, we, we talk, you and I, and, and we'll just, I don't want to spend too much time when you just get to it. Um, you and I have talked quite a bit on about guys we would, like, who would be our dream interviews? And we, we kind of ignored names that were like, we don't, I don't think we're going to be able to get them. Like, hey, maybe we could get Brandon Wheaton. That seems doable. Like, put saying Boynton or saying Coach Gundy or anything like that, or even Coach Allen. It's kind of like, well, that would be, we could put him on our list, but let's try and keep it somewhat realistic. So, understand for us to get him on the show to to have him take the time to to speak with us especially right now with everything that's going on with with what i'm sure the the, the wave of emotions that have been hitting him in the last 48 hours to, to for him to take the time and the amount of time he did to sit and talk with us um it just i if if i didn't think he was awesome enough just further continues to endear me him uh to me as an oklahoma state fan Oh, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you see this guy and he's, you know, he's obviously incredibly personable and incredibly entertaining to talk to. And you see how good of a coach he is. But the fact that he took down time to sit down for about 30 minutes with just a couple of guys that talk into microphones that, you know, doing very lowercase J journalism. Uh, I think that says a lot about who he is and uh, how much he actually really does love this school. I, I think that I think that says a lot. So I'm um, I'm out of it. Let's uh, let's let's hit the play button. And uh, uh, obviously, our next few episodes won't be as impressive as this one, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, we we set a really high high bar here on episode 158. But you know what? It's all good. Uh, we'll have a quick word from a sponsor, and then you'll listen to us talk to head coach Mike Boynton. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Philip and I are now joined by a gentleman that doesn't need much of an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. He is the head coach of Oklahoma State men's basketball, Mike Boynton. Uh, coach Boynton, thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, this is a, a time that is incredibly stressful, and I'm sure it's been kind of erratic over the last 48 hours or so, but thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, no problem. I've actually been looking for that word erratic. It's escaped me uh, for the last couple of days, but that's a pretty good one. So let's talk about this last 24, 48 hours. Um, you know, things moved very quickly. You guys obviously one of the only two games to, to happen in the Big 12 tournament on Wednesday before it was it was canceled. Um, just kind of walk us through this last couple of days. Um, what, 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 what's it been like for you and, and for the team? Uh, I mean, it's been quite a roller coaster, to be honest. Um, you know, team had been playing really well, been playing some, uh, probably the best basketball that we played since, uh, since early in the season, probably since we left Brooklyn, uh, we're finally getting to a point where we were playing with a lot of confidence. Um, Isaac likely being, you know, as healthy as he's been since then was a big part of that. Uh, so we went into the conference tournament with a lot of optimism. Um, you know, won our, Last couple games in the regular season, <clears throat> including our first, probably our most complete game in in uh, Austin uh, Saturday at the end of the regular season. So felt really good. And then uh, we, we had a couple of really good days of preparation going in. And so our team was excited and looking forward to seeing how far we could extend our season. You know, if maybe we could make a run in Kansas City and, and kind of surprise some folks. I'm not sure, <clears throat> although we started off the conference season 0-8, how far away from being in the conversation about making the NCAA tournament as an at-large, we really were. Um, and it's probably crazy to say it, and, and maybe people think that I'm embellishing because the season's over, but if you just look at our resume, you know, we're 10-3 in the non-conference with some pretty impressive wins against um, particularly Yale, which is going to be in the tournament uh, one way or the other, uh, playing well against Ole Miss and Syracuse, who would have been on the bubble. Uh, but also not having any bad losses, played a really challenging schedule and uh, then would have been ending our season. Certainly we would have probably had to beat Kansas to really be in the conversation. But if we beat Kansas yesterday, then we got to win over the number one ranked team in the country in every metric and a chance to, to really have another game to, to put a good win on your resume. So I'm really not sure how far away from it we were. I'm not saying we were in the tournament, but I was really excited about what our team I was going to be able to accomplish over the next couple of weeks and just really disappointed that it ended the way it did. You know, usually, um, even though you don't like losing, you can accept that your ultimate fate was in your control and that you went out and you didn't play well enough or somebody played really well and they beat you. And so your season ends because you lost the game. Uh, never imagined there'll be a scenario where we would go to Kansas City and win a game at any point during that week. And our season would end in a win. Because if you win the tournament, you're playing an NCAA tournament. And if you win in the tournament, you keep playing. And so to win a game and then not only to have the conference tournament uh, canceled, but to have the season just abruptly come to an end the way it did, really, really just, disappointed for our seniors specifically, but our whole team, because all those kids put a lot of work in. Uh, but I am excited about what they accomplished. Um, they they were able to overcome some adversity uh, internally with Isaac's sickness. We had Thomas get sick during the year. Uh, Cam dealt with some injuries throughout that really never were 
uh, causing them to miss a game, but certainly, you know, you had to fight through there. So I'm really proud of them and, and hopeful that what they did this year will give our young guys an idea of what it takes to have success moving forward. You talk about the, the pulse of the team really quick. Obviously, like you mentioned, you never it had to have been incredibly weird to have that kind of exit meeting with your team after a win when there's no game after that. So how did the team handle that news and how have they been since you got back from Kansas City? Yeah, it's been, like I said, a, a little bit of a moving target just because the information's changing constantly. So obviously we play our game on Wednesday almost stadium and all that stuff. And at some point they announced that there wouldn't be fans for the remainder of the tournament. I didn't hear the announcement because it happened during the, during the timeout or something. But we had to address it immediately after the game. So we're now thinking we're going to play the rest of the tournament, but we're going to play it with very few people in the building. And what's that going to look like? So we meet about that. And then we get back, talk about the game because it happened that same day. But there had been no indication that we wouldn't play. So we sent our guys to bed with a scouting report about Kansas, told them we'd meet at, I think it was 930 yesterday morning to go over our game plan because we were going to play pretty early. So we wake up the next morning, same thing. You know, we're going to play the tournament. There's not going to be any people there, but we're going to get the games in. Um, so we meet at 930. We kind of go over our game plan. I think our guys feel really good. We had two cracks at Kansas. Uh, game in in uh, Stillwater, much more competitive than the one at Lawrence, but we thought we found some things out that we could try to at least challenge them with. Uh, so we leave that meeting and have breakfast around 10 or so. And I go to my hotel room to get ready. You know, we're going to leave the hotel about 12 and, um, and head, over, head over to the arena to start getting ready. And, you know, it's not five minutes and I'm back in my room and I get a call from Coach Holder that says, hey, just so you know, the university presidents in the Big 12 have made the call that this tournament is not going to go on. So... Um, I immediately call another meeting and that's the third time I'm addressing them with different circumstances that, Hey, we're not going to play this tournament. Now I still don't know anything about the NCAA tournament or the NIT because at this point we're still planning on having it go on. Uh, so we said, Hey, we're not going to play this tournament. Let's just get back to Stillwater and the next couple of days we'll find out more about what the next steps are for our team. And, um, you know, I actually drove to Kansas City with my wife and two young kids, so I wasn't on the bus back. But obviously, I'm listening to what's going on around the rest of the conferences and some more talk about the NCAA tournament being canceled coming up. But I didn't imagine that that, that it would actually happen. Uh, but eventually, the announcement's made, and got to call another meeting with the team to basically say, you know, about that next week stuff that's not happening either. Um, and so we met last night when I was able to get back in and I felt just terrible, um, for our team, you know, certainly for, you know, ice and your sophomores and our freshmen who had come such a long way, but, but most, mostly for our seniors who, you know, I remember that feeling of taking my uniform off for the last time at the university of South Carolina in 2004. I remember the exact place I was because you think about all the time and effort and energy and blood and the arguments and the disappointments and uh, enjoyable moments that you experience. And they just didn't have that, you know? Um, and that's one of the things you feel bad for them about. 
Um, and, and, and really not just for our guys. That's what bad for all of the seniors across the country. I mean, we got guys who played all their careers and have really made a mark. I think about a guy like Lamar Stevens at Penn State. I know the coach there, Pat Chambers, really well. Uh, that kid stuck with that program through some pretty lean years to get to his senior year. I think he was seven points away from being the all-time leading scorer in the history of their program. Going to go to the tournament for the first time. I don't know if it's ever, but a really long time. And just just the moment's gone. And so, you know, it sucks, man. That, that was probably the hardest end-of-year meeting that I've ever had at, at any point in my career, even as a player, because there wasn't a finality that included a game. Um, and so, you know, but I told those guys in that meeting, I loved them. I appreciated them allowing us to coach them. The only way we were able to come back kind of from from the stretch we had in, in January was because those kids allowed us to coach them and give them an opportunity to, to make them better. Uh, and they made us better as a staff. They made the young guys better. And uh, they will be remembered when we when we start winning consistently. It'll be a big part of what they what they were able to establish as a foundation for us. You've, uh, you've got on the record already talking about, you know, the NCAA finding a way to give the seniors more time, essentially. Um, obviously, they've come out and said that the, the players for spring sports, you know, baseball and, and softball, are, are going to be allowed to have another year of eligibility. Um, obviously, that's the right call. It's going to be a difficult call. It's going to be a lot of things to figure out uh, here in the next few weeks about that. But they're still discussing what to do for winter sports, like like your team. Um, uh, that's a tough call for you know the seniors some to come back for another year maybe some it could work out for some it won't because you never know what the future is going to be um but how big do you think it would be for them to have that opportunity even if it's not a full season even if they find a way to do something just just for them to to give them another shot what what would you really like to see and hope for for these seniors who have i mean let's be honest they've been through a lot in their time in stillwater and to have it in this way is really really just disappointing yeah, I mean, I think I think they I think all of these kids should should have another. I think we need to be incentivizing kids to come back to college. Period. Right. Um, and, and if we have an opportunity to to show certainly our seniors, I'm, I'm obviously partial to our guys. Um, but as much as a competitor as I am, I want Christian Doolittle to have another opportunity to play college basketball in, in his career on his terms as well. I, I want Desmond Bain at TCU. And, and Xavier Sneed at K-State, if they want to, to have an opportunity to play for a championship. Um, as much as we talk about, and I'm sure the naysayers are, they played 95% of this season. And, and really, the, the truth is, there are some kids who played their entire season. This season was over. They played their final game. That's not the point. The point is, college basketball, as everybody knows, is about this time of year. This is what we play and prepare for. This is what the culmination of the season is about. The next three weeks that no one will get to experience. And it's an unusual circumstance. I think it's fair to look at a maybe radical idea to give these kids an opportunity. And the truth is some of them will say no thanks. I would guess at best it would be 50-50. But I really think it would be more kids that say, you know what, Uh, man, I was – it takes a lot to do this at this level. And maybe some of them are ready to move on with their lives to the next phase. And and I don't begrudge any of those kids. But for those kids who really valued this experience, that just want to have another opportunity, whether the season was over or whether it was 99% over, 
give them a chance. Same thing for wrestling. They were in the national championship season two. They should have a chance to compete for that championship. Um, for the other sports, I mean, I, I love baseball. I love softball. I love the kids in our school who play those sports for our team. This season's over. Same with tennis and golf. And so what do we really do this for? And we say we do it for the athletes, but in the crisis moment, I think we have an opportunity to show that that's what we really mean. And, and is it totally fair? It probably isn't totally fair because there are some programs who don't have seniors and maybe it's not totally equitable for them. That's okay. Right. We're really trying to help kids who just missed out on an opportunity. And if we can do that, I think we should. And I don't think it should be that difficult to figure out how to do it. So moving toward kind of your side of things on, on the coaching side, especially with recruiting, you know, you know, teams are starting to round out their recruiting classes a little bit, but with, kind of the recruit the freeze on it until the middle of April. How does that affect you and coaches around the country trying to round out uh, your classes for the 2020 season? Yeah. I mean, I would imagine everybody's going to have an, a major adjustment period. Um, you know, obviously we're pretty hot and heavy after some still pretty big time guys for this class. Um, you know, we can't go visit them and they can't come visit campus. And so the, the, the opportunity to close now, um, it's not there, but you know, this, this, this illness going around is pretty important and we deal with it. Uh, I would, I would imagine once we get uh, our hands around what's going on and how to deal with that from a health standpoint, we'll reconvene and we'll make adjustments to our recruiting calendar and give these kids an opportunity, uh, to, to evaluate their options and make good decisions. Uh, but there's no doubt it'll have an effect on the timing of uh, recruit signing and making decisions. Um, it'll, I think it'll have a greater impact even on the 2021 class um, because there'll be more coaches having to figure out their 2020 needs. Um, and, and, and especially if the, the rule goes in that seniors can come back, maybe it impacts the next year's class a little bit too. But again, it's something that can be figured out over time uh, if we're really committed to doing what's right for these guys. That's awesome. Um, you you kind of mentioned, and I and I want to I want to talk about the end of the season. Obviously, it was a very up and down season for OSU this year. Had a great start to the year. Um, Isaac Lethe gets sick. Obviously, some injuries and other illnesses. Conference play doesn't start the way you guys want. But then you know you start turning things around and and end the year eight and three, including that win over Iowa State to open the Big Twelve tournament. I mean, yeah. what do you give the most credit to for the turnaround? Um, for this team? Uh, I mean, I, I always talk about it. This is a player's game. Um, and every since, and, and our program is a player's program. And I give these guys um, a, a lot of credit for, for finding a way to fight through the adversity we faced. Uh, I wish that I could have helped them a little bit better when we hit a little bit of a snag in the schedule. Um, you know, the truth is not having our, uh, our leader, in terms of the way we play because Isaac affects the game on both ends of the court so much uh, that not having him and then having him not full strength was no doubt an impact on how we were able to perform. Um, But when he got healthy and as he got healthier, uh, our team played better. He was as good of a two-way player as there was in the country through the month of November. And then I think he ended the year I think he ended the year playing as well as anybody in our conference, for sure. 
uh, evidence of the game at Texas and in the conference tournament. Um, but Cameron Griff deserves a lot of credit for what we're able to do as well. You know, he kind of grabbed the ball by the horns in the late part of January and said, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to win because we're going to get back to outworking people and we're going to do it every day. And if we lose, we're going to lose because another team beat us. We're not going to lose because, you know, we didn't make shots. We're going to defend at a high level. We're going to try to execute the best game plan we have. And, you know, we're not going to win every game, but we're going to give everything we have to, to make it happen. And then I think it played itself out. Our losses in these last 11 were at Baylor, right, who was number one in the country when we played them at their place in a game where it's a four-point game as I shoots a layup and I think he gets fouled. And, you know, we're right there to win. Uh, we go to West Virginia and have a lead that should have been double figures at halftime. Um, but I think it's maybe six or three, and we just didn't play very well in the second half. And we lost at Kansas, where everybody loses. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, you know, but, you know, for the most part, we got pretty strong winning percentage at home. Um, so, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of in the way we finished at all. Two teams who, if the NCAA tournament was going to be played, would be number one seeds and a team who, you know, is not easy to beat in West Virginia on the road. So, um, yeah, we, we had a lot of positive things happen during our season, uh, even as we finished strong with some of the some of the some of the hiccups we had. So I'm excited about where we're going as a program. Uh, like I said, I hated that the way it ended for our singers, but looking forward to what we're able to establish and then adding that to what we got coming in and giving ourselves a chance to, to really make our program nationally relevant. Coach, there's uh, among the fan base, obviously, and I'm sure inside the program too, there's going to be, there's a lot made about what's coming next season with Cade Cunningham, Rondell Walker, Montreal Pena, Matthew Alexander, Von Kreef, and possibly more uh, once the recruiting freeze is over. What does it do for the, this program? Obviously, this is your goal to make Oklahoma State a, a hang banners. It starts, you know, next season with, you know, the expectations being so high. What does that do for Oklahoma State? Well, I embrace expectations. I think sometimes people are fearful of um, expectations because what happens if you don't meet them? I mean, I, I don't, I can't live that way, man. Um, I thought we could have had a really good season this year. Circumstances kind of present themselves that you don't have control over sometimes, but I'm never going to shy away from that. I always had my eye on the 2020-2020 year as a year of really making a splash for our program. Not that I didn't think we could have success, but I just, I've been recruiting Kay since he was a freshman in high school. I know everything I need to know about him. There's a reason he's the National High School Player of the Year. He's the real deal. And this isn't about putting pressure on him because in the meantime, what we wanted to do was build a good foundation and we feel like we've done that. We're going to have two sophomores who essentially have started every game for two years for us. I started every game he was eligible for. Yours started 90% of the games he's been eligible for. Caleb Boone made great progress this year. Avery Anderson made great progress this year. We believe Keelan and Chris will become better and more efficient players for us. And so we just had to make sure now we had some star power to that. And there's no question. We got the ultimate prize in recruiting Cade. And so I'm excited about where we're going. I think we're right on track. 
to where I wanted the program to be going. Do I feel like we should have been in the NCAA tournament by now? Absolutely. I think our first year, there's argument that we should have been in. Uh, last year was an outlier in my mind, and then this year we had a little bit of a snag. It happens. Um, but the truth is our kids haven't given in, and our administration is behind us. And that's the reason that we're able to get a kid like Hay to commit to this process is because he believes he wanted to go to a place where he could do two things. He could be one and done and stay in contention to be the number one pick in the draft. More importantly, he wanted to be at a place where he felt like he could compete for a national championship. The kids won everywhere he's been. I sure he lost one game in AU. He didn't lose a single game in his high school senior season. And that's the mentality that he's going to bring to our program. Uh, we're not done. I mean, we're, we're certainly going to add another piece or two um, that people can be excited about. And then we got to go to work. We got to make those guys better. Uh, we got to help them understand what it takes to have success in the Big 12, the, the thing that our freshmen got a taste of this year. And then when the lights are on, we got to go compete. And we need our fans there. Um, it's not about them helping us win, but it's about them continuing to help us build this program so that people can respect it and that more Kate Cunningham's want to come and be a part of the process with us. Uh, but there's no doubt next year's a big year, but they're all big years. Coach Boyden, I've got one last thing I want to I want to ask you. And you know, you you kind of mentioned the the first three years you've had here as the head coach at, at Oklahoma State, and I I would say you have faced yourself a fair share of adversity in that time. Um, you had a you had a first year where I think every OSU fan believes that you that the team should have been in the NCAA tournament and wasn't. Um, you've had obviously the the FBI investigation. Um, you've had number of players who have made choices that have forced your hand to remove them from the program. Um, and then you have this year where Isaac likely gets sick and it, it kind of derails the season. Um, from all of this, what, what, what do you think you have learned the most from all of it in, in your first head coaching job here? Um, I, I think adaptability, uh, maybe the thing that I've, I've um, got a clearer understanding of, I think maybe in my first year, I wanted things to go a certain way. And, you know, you think of success and you think starting at point one and getting to point 10, um, but you don't, you don't factor in that you might get to point three. And then between point three and point six, you may go back to point two. And, and you just trying to figure out, well, how did I get back here? Uh, well, you just got to continue to look for it, but deal with what's, it, what's in front of you. And, and, and I've certainly had a good staff that's helped me with that. Um, so adaptability, whether it's roster changes, staff changes, uh, your schedule being challenging, uh, you're getting a big 12 play and you, you can't look too far down the line. You know, you gotta, you gotta focus on this 40 minutes that you got in front of you and try to do the best with it that you can. And if you win, you gotta be on to the next one. Uh, so adaptability and then, you know, dealing with each moment as they come. It's something I think that I've learned and that I'll probably continue to learn how to deal with moving forward. All right, coach. I think we'll get you out of here. Obviously you have, it has been a crazy few days. Go and relax as much as you possibly can. Thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible for Philip and I, and uh, we hope to have you on again soon. I appreciate you guys having me. All right. Take Absolutely. care, coach.